There's a young boy walking through obstacles Cut up from all the surgery Prosthetic picture perjury Telling me I'm normal but normal They never really made me see They always painted me Discriminated but levitated Through all the hated scenes So I redrew Disability is the forgotten diversity, the one everyone leaves out of speeches. Disability gets relegated out. We can make a difference. We can support the 1.2 billion persons with disability, let's say, in a different way. Each individual has a voice in our world today that didn't used to be there. Galvanizing those voices in support of the Paralympic movement is, I think, what the story of 2028 is going to be about. Now you need to go the extra mile and include 15% of your population that is not fully included. Since 2012, I think the Paralympics have made a, a huge shift in a positive direction in the consciousness of the public and sports uh, media as well as sports fans. But it, it, you know, it, it will stall if there isn't a continued progress. Hello. My name is Tom Wally and I'm the lead audio producer and sound designer for Equal 2. Equal 2 is an incredibly ambitious podcast that began as an accompaniment to the 2020 Paralympic Games. In episode one, we tell the story of the Paralympic movement, but the rest of the series moves us on and takes us into different areas. It takes us into deep conversations about the change that the Games can bring about between now and when they land in LA in 2028. 61% of people involved in the making of the podcast identified as living with a disability, which is certainly a first for a podcast that I've been involved in. It's just not done. The podcast also included transcripts and BSL signed and captioned versions, making it the first fully accessible podcast that I've been involved with, and I'm incredibly proud of it. Hi there, I'm Sean Tilgood. I have cerebral palsy and I'm a junior producer on this podcast. For me, representation both behind the microphone and behind the scenes are crucial. For more on this story and to follow along, as well as to join the discussion, go to htyt.world. My name is Sinead Brick. I'm a visibly disabled woman. I'm a disability advocate and educator, and for Equal 2, I was the executive producer. I got to host some of the interviews, write some of the script, and bring this conversation to an audience that for so long has wanted to be seen, heard, and really change the world. What can we do to push equality for for people with disabilities in high school? The only thing that we could do was was to sue. I think it's about having, you know, fairness of opportunity is a really big part of it. And I do think disabled people have to take some responsibility. This podcast is important because we don't know what we don't know. It's a principle that I live by in the consulting work that I do, but also as an educator and just as a person. I think for too long, the disability community have been talking to ourselves. Not something that we designed, but because of the system and the challenges and the inaccessibility and ableism that exists. And I think often when we think about disability inclusion, particularly surrounding the Paralympics, we limit our conversations and our action to sport. 
really important that we do think about sport, but what are the different parts of the conversation that we've been missing? Whether that's about HR and employment, whether that's about universal design, whether that is about architecture and spaces and places or about representation. It's so important that this podcast exists because this podcast is about, for, with and by disabled people. But I think what's also different about this podcast and why it was important is that we deliberately targeted and engaged leaders of influence and ordinary people to think about this topic at a grassroots grass top level. We lionize non-disabled people to be allies, to realize their opportunity within this space, but also made them accountable for their obligation and responsibility in this too. This podcast is important because it created a shared understanding of where we are right now, where we've been, and where we all need to go together. I quickly found like when we have clients who go to jobs that are completely unrelated to disability, they would consistently be asked to speak about their disabled experience. This industry that I'm in, the entertainment industry, is wonderful in many ways and can achieve great things. But it's also responsible for putting so much bullshit into the world and so many dangerous narratives and it's, uh, it's responsible for so much erasure. My name is Greg Nugent. I am not disabled but I am a disability advocate and as I am somebody that's been tried to be active in this space for a long time. Uh, a few years ago I created a thing called Rising Phoenix. It became a, a movie showed on Netflix and we had a phenomenal global reaction and the origins of this project really were um, Procter & Gamble asked me what is it you want to do next that you've not done yet and I said I really want to listen to where the story should go and you know I don't want to listen to me I want to listen to the real advocates and the real activists and the real um, people who are going to shape reshape this thing I hope over the next decade and so I was lucky enough to help to create this thing and uh, I was an exec producer on it and um, I'm a producer at HTYT hard on you think I, I think I would say two things about this podcast the first thing I would say is I feel it's like it's the thing that I've always wanted to try and find a way to see if we can do which is to have multiple voices not people like me just people who have got ambition and and they they've got their platforms but bringing those conversations into a single conversation with many themes but like create a multiple platform I was I was really interested in that see whether it was possible if I'm candid, it was the hardest thing I've ever worked on. And I'd, I think we'd speak for the whole team for a number of reasons. One, um, listen, being candid, financing projects to do with disability is di very difficult. Thankfully, we met Procter & Gamble and they didn't even, they just said, look, we want to be part of that project. The second thing is, I think the timing. I did, we came to this knowing that the Paralympics were on this summer. We didn't actually know when the Paralympics would be on because of COVID. But we took a hunch, all of us, and said, look, there's only six weeks to go. Can we make it happen? Listen, I, I'm new to podcasts. I'm in, I'm incredibly proud of what we've done. I think it's the start of something. I don't think it's finished. But I would honestly say that it's been as it's, it was much harder than making the film. And I would also say I would I do really believe that the audience reaction to it has been actually just as incredible as the film. But it was very difficult to do. And I'd say principally because you know, I think we're trying to wake the market up to 
the idea this is not a niche audience this this is this is a lot of people in the world that want to hear this conversation and uh, you know thankfully because we keep knocking those doors down those barriers down i think the climate is changing on that weirdly but in a great way uh, this clip is not a paralympian it's an olympian um it's an olympian with a big respect for the paralympics so much so that this person now sits on um the board of la 2028 and i think he gets the full power of the Paralympics and he's a superstar and he needs no introduction. Since 2012, um, I think the Paralympics have made a, a huge shift in a positive direction in the consciousness of the public and sports uh, media as well as sports fans. But it, it, you know, it, it will stall if there isn't a continued um, uh, prog progress. 2028 um, uh, LA, which I, I sit on the board of, I think that it, there is a tremendous opportunity to really more normalize uh, the games. I don't want to minimize the progress that's been made in seeing Paralympic athletes as athletes and seeing Paralympic sport as sport, as opposed to, hey, these are people that we should support and a bit of sympathy, which those athletes, you know, do not want. The Paralympic sport movement doesn't want sympathy, it wants to be recognized as true, compelling sport and amazing athletes. And I think that uh, one thing that we're good at here in America is finding ways to monetize and, and create business out of opportunities. And I think that that certainly, you know, the profit motive, the, the, the branding and marketing motive around Paralympics um, could certainly, um, you know, take off with the, uh, with the 28 games here in LA.